Actually, I'm in the, what is it today? It's Tuesday here in Australia. Um, Monday, safe, I guess. So, yeah, it was a good weekend, though. You know, pretty chill. You, you want to get them out? Yeah, no, throw the seeds out here. They'll go. Throw the seeds outside. They'll go outside. You, you got you to gotta throw the seeds out. Right? 
bird. No. Uh, <laughs> you mean a, a kid? Oh, no, I, we don't have kids. <laughs> COVID in weeks, thankfully, right. except for what I hear from the states, but I'm like, I got in my head, got in my coffee, and got a fight, I don't mind. Previously, that I was the host of Buzzsaw, um, and that that Buzzsaw was a show from like 2013, 14, I think it started, right after um, Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura that I co-hosted, and so we, you know, we, we dug into things uh, relating to like time travel and the reptilian alien agenda and uh, energy weapons and all kinds of like. Buzzsaw was like a natural spinoff from there. Um, it was also a spinoff from my work as a, a filmmaker on uh, Great Stone Park, which is my film about breaking into these mental hospitals that were like haunted and abandoned due to conspiracy in New York. So that was a true story that, that I developed into my first film. Uh, but basically at that point, of, you know, by the mid-2010s, by the mid I was pretty deep into all the esoterica, um, you know, from the occult history to conspiratorial politics to um, spirituality, esoteric spirituality, I mean, you name it. It's like I kind of had an education in a lot of different things, both intellectually and, and 
empirically, physically. So um, Buzzsaw stems from that, and then Buzzsaw took, uh, was, uh, was on the lip on Recruits, was linked to Gaia for a few seasons on Gaia, moved for interviews, obviously I was doing with people, and then um, inter interviews for Vocal, which is now, you know, those new podcasts showing up every week on Vocal. Um, those interviews are, again, they're kind of like buzzsaw, you know, they're, they're conversations with people that I find of interest, you know, whether it be re most recently on, on our podcast, we've had Mark Kiefer, who's, uh, you might have seen him on the Tesla Files, like he's a Tesla expert, we were talking about Nikola Tesla on that episode, we've had Freddie Silva, you know, the esoteric uh, historian, you know, he's done great work on, like, things like the Mexican principle and, and, and uh, religion and spirituality and um, we've had, you know, Josh Boone, the director of the new X-Men movie. I mean, a lot of cool guests. Let me think of the top, the most recent three alone, you know. Um, but then uh, interviews also, it's like partly to do with the, not just the time period, 2020 is a transformative year. Also, just my interest is more in the spiritual nature of life, you could say. Um, having, uh, you know, having covered a lot of the conspiratorial topics and a lot of the, the you know, let's say the hot topics across the 2010s, you know, that people are now picking up on thanks to Q and the whole, like, QAnon thing. Um, I think there's more of awareness about the conspiracy realm, but my interest has shifted from, like, physical conspiracies more to the spiritual nature of, like, what is reality? How does our consciousness create and affect reality? And a lot of these ideas stem from my documentary Metahuman, I did with Deepak Chopra uh, like a few years ago, and once you delved into that place of like consciousness is everything, and literally it's it's all about our perception and our and how we can expand our awareness and our understanding as humans. That's I think where interviews, the, the shift from buzzsaw to interviews is very much predicated in that metahuman documentary with Deepak.
and that's harder than yes, he has his you know he's had his excesses, but you can read in his books and you know his book he's got out now called uh, Chasing the Light, which is his autobiography of the forties, and uh, you know it's a mixture of many things, but you'll learn a lot about what goes on making a film. It's complicated, and you'll see his in his stories that you know it's mostly it's more failure than success. Thankfully, success you know was was uh, epic. You know he he won Oscars. He had you know the top highest accolades you can get in Hollywood, but you see from his books, it's struggle, it's rejection, it's painful, it's, you know, it's getting, it's losing, it, it, it's failing, that's all, that's a big part of it, and what people need, don't seem to understand when they talk about this in a very superficial way, it's not that Hollywood is superficial, it's the human understanding of things is superficial, unless you actually go beneath the surface and are willing to listen and learn, then all you get is the one-dimensional perspective that's created by media, and the media seems to have big beefs these days, or grievances days with the media, because the media is so manipulative. That's a lie. When you read these articles and these big nonsenses, they, they focus your attention on like this mic, like this you know microscope of, of, of uh, on a on a on a germ, you know, on a virus. Excuse me, symbolically, right? They put the microscope on it and they turn it into the biggest thing in the world. And that's literally what the media has done to our human brains for the last 50 years. People got to wake up and start to realize that it's not true. And things are not what they seem. And there's a lot more at work and a lot more behind the scenes and a lot more elements that are kind of, I would say, countervailing and a lot more depth to, to people than, the, than it appears from the media perspective. Or there's a lot more to a story than the media tells you. There's so much that it just bothers me how, how the media has this ability of the human mind. taking information and uh, boiling it down 
is develop a format for TV, right? You get these complicated issues, and that's the problem with these shows like that. Conspiracy theories, and ancient aliens, right? It's like all these things where you boil these complex, complex stories and complex feelings and, and all these elaborate plots, and it tries to like boil down to talking points for the mainstream audience. It's hard, you know. It's very difficult to to convey the truth in that context. But you can give people hopefully a little taste of different possibilities.
you have power in this realm and you believe in that power you have whether it's gold or arms or uh, you know again dogma and beliefs all that stuff is temporary and passing and it's fear based but love that power is much transcendent and that's the power of surrender trust and faith and that's the power that I found super important Consistently learning and getting validation on is how um, this universe is reflective of our own consciousness. It still passes, endlessly passes into being, right? Now, wherever we think we have the answer or the solution, like the universe gives us a twist or some kind of negation on that. And then at the same time, like you, you have to be able to hold both truths in your head at the same time and ultimately recognize that there is no truth in the illusory world of passing. There is only the moment. There is only now. And if you surrender to that mo to the moment, which is now, you open yourself to the infinite possibility of this existence and the ability to transform, to actually you know, embody your, your truth and your, how do you say, your soul's truth. So it's just, it's like an infinite game of consciousness that we're playing as humans. And, uh, and it's, it's so endlessly fascinating to me how it, it's like we're constantly morphing in and out of reality. Things that we think are so important and matter one day, and all of a sudden, like the next day, you're like, well, actually, not that big a deal. <laughs> right? How many times have you felt that? Because it's like we're, we're energetically charging ourselves with these narratives and with these ideas that oftentimes take us out of the immediacy of the moment. And I think that's where the, where we have to start to come into our power as humans is, again, I'd say love is, is the essential power and love is a presence, ever-present, ever-living thing. And we have to surrender ourselves to this connection of love in the moment to see what is available, to see what is urgent, to see what matters what we need and what we don't and what we can surrender and set aside because oftentimes too often we are attached we are drawn back to stories of the past we are tied to things that are no longer meaningful symbols that no longer need to have power or sway over our mind patterns and strategies that are again are, are may theoretically work but in the moment they everything bows to the moment so that's really what we have to consistently remind ourselves of this presence, presence, presence.
It's the wrong expression. It's actually they were caught up in the moment. They actually missed the time of staying on the path. Uh, the staying with the ghost of the path. They're not here with the ghost. In the moment. Yeah, they're staying with the ghost of the path. In the moment. It's amazing how when you start to really like let the moment wash over you. How many times I find it. Like even even like seconds will go by and something that bothered me like five seconds ago, all of a sudden I can't remember it. It just like washes over you and you're like. Oh, something was bothering me. What was that? Hmm. It's like you just, it, it's like you have, when you really are in this, this, this presence, you just don't attach to much. It's like, okay, you know what? In that moment, it was important, but literally you can let it allow the moment to wash over you, and next thing you know, it like, you're just, okay, let it go. paradigm of what they call reality and what our adults taught us and they ingrained us with through and entertainment and media and all that that we thought was was so important so the more you train yourself to just embody here and now and to be present and you practice that it'll go away you'll, you'll, you'll let go a lot of those old beliefs a lot of those old structures Because it's like, again, it's, it's, it's a reflection of consciousness. It's how my consciousness even, I, I watch interviews now because they're all recorded. This season's already recorded. And I watch how it's like, it's the evolution of consciousness from, uh, you know, maybe like the beginning shows with people like Wendy Brinker and John Perkins. Um, and like who were a little bit more uh, grand in their, in their analysis. And then getting very heated in some of these, you know, middle shows. I got very, you know, there's like a lot of anger coming through with, Nino Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez and um, uh, who's, you know, we're talking about the Great Awakening, and then Stephen, like the young John Farrow, um, you know, uh, people like that who, who, who again, like were very charged politically. Um, and then, you know, we got into like the pandemic with Nikki Willis, who left the pandemic. We got into topics um, that were, again, like much more charged with political temperature at the time, the climate. And then, you know, now we're. We're, we're going into like the sci-fi, the last episode we've been doing has been more sci-fi stuff, you know, uh, sci-fi author David Flynn and, and, uh, and Josh Kuhn I mentioned and, you know, uh, Toby Silver, even more into like the esoteric and interpretation of religion and history. And, you know, I think it's going to get again, like more far out as we go to the end of the season. 
that consciousness shifts, you know? Like, what is interesting? What is interesting today is boring tomorrow. You know, what is interesting today right now is interesting, let's say, a month ago. Um, you know, maybe I was, like, more charged with the political climate of America, so what was interesting to me then is not so interesting to me now because my consciousness is more, is more like, complete with the, with the struggle and, and not really wanting to engage with that struggle. So I'm more interested by, you know, by, by science fiction and, and visions of where we're going to go as a humanity going forward, you know? I don't know. Like, our, our consciousness is constantly shifting if we allow it. So that's why I say, to me, it is important one, you know, one, what may seem important one day uh, will shift by the next if you, if you allow yourself to be open to it. Because my computer's about to die. So I need to take a picture. Exactly, separation policy. Also, uh, that's that Pete Spence was the film. I think it was done a few about twelve years ago. It was very well done about uh, again this policy of separating the native uh, kids here in Australia, where I am now. Um, and again, this is more British Empire tactics to basically divide and separate um, the uh, the native uh, inheritance, the native uh, language, culture, right from 
future generations of, of children passing on their their memory and their you know their customs and their ways. So that, as far as I know, that wasn't done in America. Obviously, there were other genocides that were committed here, atrocities committed here, but I don't know about a separation policy um, in America. So it's a different story. I mean, I, I would like to, I would like to get some films made that um, can help to hopefully empower, uh, you know, people of again, you know, people of color. You know, uh, different stories I look at. You know, it's just historical films that I think are of importance. You know, whether it's to black people. Latino history and stories to you know to empower Latin, you know people of Latin America, all of Latin America, not just North not just North America, because uh, these are you know these are these are these are ultimately I look at the interesting story of colonial. Uh, to me, the empire the empire is the enemy. The empire is the enemy of all people, and so I don't I don't get so much into the identity politics of of, of race because you know again I I don't empathize with. Obviously, it's not my. It isn't in my place to necessarily, you know, fight their battle. It's you know, I feel like I can empathize as a storyteller. I can want to help tell those stories or you know, connect those stories. Um, but again, I think that no matter what our, our lineage, we do have, you know, individual ancestral wounds that again I can't necessarily resonate with. Uh, you know, what a black man in America's ancestral wounds look like. But I can say that uh, we all face the empire of our enemy. It doesn't matter what color we are, because the empire is essentially a colonial mentality that has shaped this world that we live in, that has taken us. No matter you know whether you're you know whether you're Irish, you got your butt kicked by the English, you know whether you're uh, you know Italians, you you know got the got the butt kicked obviously not in the same way you know in America, but let's say uh, a black person would have. But you know, but many people are, let's say in Globalization, connecting people, bringing you know, bringing markets together, all that kind of stuff. But then there's a lot of devastation that can come with it, as we know. Whether it's through the environment, through our food supply, um, it's you know, it's, up, it's up, uprooting of cultures. I mean, there's many things that have gone that, that have gone on as as a consequence of the imperial model of the globe, of this whole planet, that's affected all of us. And you know, you can't simply say it's it's all positive and it's not all negative either. So we have to put it. But the empire as a, as a philosophy is based, is based on the idea of an oligarchy or an elect few, a select few, whether it be a bloodline or as they've shifted over time to the New World Order philosophy, which the New World Order is less about the bloodline and more about the idea of appropriating you know, people of all races, including Barack Obama, right, to service the agenda, which is ultimately a, you know, something like corporate control and using the military for expansion of, I would say, uh, expansion of control of that empire over, uh, you know, different regions of the globe. So, you know, the empire is ultimately the enemy of, of humanism, and I'm a humanist at heart, and I, I think the republic, the model of the republic, and the constitution of republic that is America is a tremendous model of opportunity for the whole world. I hope that, 
something we can kind of see that, you know, that trauma that they had was due, right? The country unified for the people. We're not there yet. Obviously, we've got a long way to go. But I think if we have the best model in place, serve that ultimate agenda much more than we serve this communist, fascist, <laughs> other model could ever propose. Or technocratic model with AI, you know, control could ever propose. So yeah, I mean that's my spiel. At the end of the day, it's it's uh, yes, there's a lot of stories that need to be told. There's a lot of wounds that and trauma needs to be addressed. Uh, I obviously love to help people tell their stories and, and, and convey those with the power that I can. Uh, what I can only do what's in my you know my prerogative as as a person within a within a system is to tell many artists and many storytellers and. Uh, many thinkers who I think we all, all, a lot of us are serving the same, you know, end, which is we want to see uh, the the ennoblement of humanity, no matter what your race, creed, color.
regardless of the person. If they were leaving and they were not married, they would be considered the prohibited sexual offender. Um, what we're seeing is like one of the biggest, if you had sex with a minor in your life, what would you say to them? What would you say back to them? Gosh, I would just can't tell you if you want to get in and find out. <laughs> well, I appreciate you very much taking the time to call and spending time with us tonight, and I will definitely call and see how much information that box up will give the people in in our community. I've been trying to get the message out there for a while to see what's going on, and I appreciate everything that you're doing with everything in society now. Definitely an inspiration to me, and I hope it's an inspiration to other people. So I appreciate it, and hopefully uh, here in the future, I'd like to have you on again and see where you're at then, if not here, in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks. You have a great night. Yeah. You Bye. too.